I lay here. 
Good to be with you online today. We're we're gathering online, and and I just want to take a second. We're a couple minutes away from from starting today, and wherever you're watching this, just know that we love you, and that we're praying for you, and that God is with us, and that we're super, super, super excited. We're making plans to be back in person soon, and the doors are going to be open. And believe me, it's going to be a party. And so. Just as we uh, wind down and we get ready to start the service today, just know that God is with us. And as we enter into this time of worship here in a, in a second, uh, let's focus on who God is. Let's give him the praise and let's shout it out. If we're watching in our kitchen, if we're watching in the living room, if you're in the office, wherever you're, if you're at work, wherever you're tuning in today, uh, let's just give God the praise as we worship him.
Welcome, everybody. We are so glad that you are Wow, that was like, we're the first time we're meeting in like eight or nine or 12 weeks or something. Yeah, you can, you can clap. This is a little weird, but all right. I expected like maybe a little car horns or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, so hey guys, this is, this is monumental in our church history. Um, something that we probably never expected, but, uh, Man, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that we could pull this together. We're going to sing a little bit. I have absolutely no words, so if I back away, just make something up. This is the day, this is the day that you have made. Whatever comes, I won't complain. For all my hope is in your name. And now your joy awaits my prayer. I give thanks for all you have done. I am grateful. 
this off today. It's really a breath of fresh air to see you guys, see your faces. So just declare God is worthy.
God, we sing that, we pray that today. You're worthy. And you're faithful. We love you, God. I think I'm hung on that that word worthy because worthy means that we praise you despite our surrounding circumstances. Despite our job situation, despite our family situation, despite whatever situation may be going poorly in my life, and despite whatever situation is going really well in my life, you're worthy. And it shows us you're faithful, God. So I'm thankful for that.
Lord, we are coming before you. We're sitting in the parking lot. We're outside of our car. We're inside of our car. We're just gathering under the name of Jesus Christ. And we know that we will get through this. We're doing this together. No building can contain the body of Christ because we are global. We are powerful because we stand on the rock that is Jesus Christ. We stand on nothing else. We don't stand on man's words. We don't stand on man's leadership. We don't stand on man's guidance. We stand on Jesus Christ alone. And so, Lord, thank you for bringing us here together this morning, and we know you will do it again. We trust, and we know that we look to the hills. We know that we, we know that you will do this again. We know that you will lead us, and we are following you. We have faith. Increase our faith every single day. We ask all things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's honk some horns and get some amens going in here. Come on, people. There we go. I love it. Oh, it's so good to be with you guys this morning. I want to share with you from Psalm 27, and I want you to follow along with me, and you're going you're to see from verse 1 all the way to the end of the chapter, you're going to hear something powerful. You're going to hear about David's cries to the Lord, because I think a lot of us can identify with David, right? We're crying out to the Lord. We're crying out to him for help, and I want you to follow along with me in verse, in verse 1. It just says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war against me, in spite of all this, I shall be confident. One thing I have asked from the Lord, one that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all my days. To behold the beauty of the Lord, to meditate in his temple. Check this out. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with what? Shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. In verse 7 it says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, and be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsaken me, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out of violence. Listen, I would have despaired. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. That is who our God is, the light of our salvation. We will wait on the Lord because he will lead us. Amen? And I'm so thankful to be with you. Yeah, I love that. Come on now, people. I love it. 
We can get excited. Guys, I want to tell you that this past Monday, May 11th, we had this opportunity to pass out over 300 boxes of food to people and to bless people's lives. And what was so cool is we were seeing people come in throughout the day, and then at the end of the day, we got to go into about four different communities, knock on doors of people we've never met, and able to hand them food and tell them that God loves them and that we're praying for them and that we're going to get through this. Because Jesus is saving lives, people. He's saving lives. And I want to tell you that we've seen about 30 to 40, like by 35 people online, guys, online, have risen their hands and said, I'm accepting Christ as my personal Savior. So Jesus is still doing stuff, people. He's moving and he's alive and active. And so thank you so much. Guys, we lo- I know. Come on now, people. God saves. We're seeing lives change. And it doesn't matter if we're in these walls or if we're out in the parking lot. If you're inside your car, you're outside your car. God is alive and he is with us. I said that every single week and I'm going to continue to say it. God is with us. He will always be with us. And so I want to tell you that um, we're going to have more opportunities to hand out food, to pass out food and serve our community. So watch for more announcements to come. Uh, blessings of hope. And keep bringing in food, guys. The care packages, Crossroads care packages, every, all that food comes in and goes out every Friday. Um, Deb and Roger and the whole team has been partnering with Blessings in a Backpack, and food's been going out. Blessing families, thank you. Keep bringing in food. And guys, thank you so much for being so faithful and giving. As we give, we give to a God who is alive and active, and on. we are on mission still. Just because we're in our house or we're listening to our radio or watching online, or if you're online today, we are on mission. So thank you for giving. You can, you can give online or in the mail or in the offering box on the wall in the church lobby. But guys, we are so excited to be with you this morning. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to invite Pastor Ken to share the word of God. I know he's excited. He's getting his happy dance on because we love you guys so much. And it's, it's been hard, hasn't it? Being away from our church family. But we're here. And Jesus has never left us. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for being with us. We love you, Jesus. We exalt you in this place. We lift you up. And I pray that as far as this voice can be heard on every radio, we're going to lift up our hands. We're going to praise the name of Jesus. And we know that you are always with us. And even though we cry out, you are always with us. Even though we may not see it, you are always with us. You are always working. Jesus, thank you for being our Savior. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ, we all pray. Amen. I'm glad to see you all. Welcome home, church. Let's thank God, huh? Man, a day. God is good. I'll tell you what, the verse that's coming to my mind is, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? So no matter what, folks, good to see you kids out there. I'm giving all, I hugged all the kids out there. Air hugs, all right? Air hugs. I love it. I'm, I'm so glad. Marianne Mickett's down front. Air hug to you, Marianne. Let's give a Marianne a big honking horn there. Yeah! Yeah! I am, uh, I am so thankful for our church. I'll tell you what, this has been one of the most interesting times. And uh, somebody said that they were going to be here today to be a part of history. And uh, this is historic that, uh, that the churches have not been able to gather But I'll tell you what, we have been gathering. You've been gathering online with us, and I want to say thank you for that. 
I want to say thank you for your faithfulness to God. And so many people are gathering online with us today. You see we've got the cameras down here, so we still have the live stream going. We'll do this again at 11 o'clock. The only problem is I've only been, you know, it, it, it's, it's like different. Like you're in your cars. You're in your little bubbles out there, right? And, uh, but if it rains, just jump in your car. We'll keep going. But it never rains when we plan a party, does it? All right, you know better than that. Anyhow, I'm so glad that you're here today. I just can't be more thrilled. And I want you to know that we are definitely working on a plan to reopen the church. So uh, one of the things that the state of Pennsylvania has said that religious organizations are essential. So this church has not been closed. Thank God. Amen? The church has not been closed. We just, yes, thank you. All right? We have not been closed. We have just not been doing large group gatherings. So what has happened is our doors have been open every day of this pandemic, every day, folks. And uh, you, the church, have been bringing in food. We have been uh, distributing it, uh, redistributing the food. We've been helping families in need, and we're caring for people. We're doing a lot of counseling. We're doing a lot of talking, a lot of caring for people. And so God is with us. And I want want to encourage you because it's not just what's happening up here. It's what's happening out there. The church has been the church. And you all are caring for other people in the church. You're caring for your neighbors. You're caring for your friends, your family. And uh, this is just incredible. And I want to say thank you, folks, for, for actually being the church and not just not waiting for the church to open, but to, uh, to be deployed and go out. So as, uh, as we continue, I want you to know that we are working on a plan to reopen the church here in just a few weeks. And when we do, we will go to social distancing measures. We will make sure that you are safe. So the, 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 the whole issue is we want you to be able to come and worship in a safe environment. Today you're able to worship in a safe environment. You're outside, you're sitting in a chair, you're sitting in your car. And whenever we move into the building, we're going to take measures of six feet apart, all those type of things. And, uh, and the reason that we're going to do that is because the Scripture says this. In regards to government, it says, number one, to obey the authorities. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with them, but you have to obey them. And so one of the things he says is to obey the authorities as much as it doesn't displease God. Well, we can still gather. We can gather with every other row. We can do the things that they have called us to do. And uh, we are going to be working on that in the very near future. But I want you to know that we will continue to stream online. We will continue to do the online uh, at all of our services like we have so that if you're not comfortable to come out yet, we want you to still gather with us but gather online. Amen? So I'm, I'm thankful for our church. God has been good, and uh, we, will, we will get through this, and we will be back together. And uh, I think you'll be surprised at how, how fast that the things will go. Right now we're looking, we're saying, I can't believe it's been two months that we've been cooped up and we've been pandemic and, and, and all these lockdown measures, words that I've never heard before in my lifetime. Um, but I want you to know that the people who've lived before us have gone through this 1918, the Spanish Spanish flu pandemic, um, all those different things. Uh, The church has lived through them, and there has been probably far worse times uh, in days gone by. So I want to thank you today for for your faithfulness to God. We have been going through, as we've been doing uh, since Easter, talking about set free. And I know it's probably a little hard to see the monitor out there, but I'm going to use that for online purposes there. So set free. We've been talking about how to be set free. The book of Galatians, it's all about about this church 
new believers had come together. And as these new believers in this area called Galatia were gathering together there, uh, they were growing in Christ. And some, some false teachers came. These Judaizers came and they told them that, hey, in order to follow Jesus, you have to go back and be religious. Like you have to go back and do all these religious laws and do all these religious uh, roles and things. And, and, and some of them were just absolutely crazy things that they were doing that would, uh, that would be like, hey, if you do this, you'll gain God's favor. So Paul's whole message has been that you have God's favor. And I want to, we're going to continue on that today, and we're going to continue, we're going to look at this, because God never intended for you to have a religion. He intended for you to have a relationship. Now, isn't that awesome? He intend, say that with me. God never intended for me to have a religion. He intended for me to have a relationship. So when God put Adam and Eve in the garden, he didn't say, hey, I'm going to put you in the garden, I want you to go to church every Sunday. No, he says, I want you to talk to me every day. I want you to have a relationship, and I want to build this with you. And Galatians 3.26 says this. It says, for in Christ Jesus, we'll go to the slide, in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. In Christ Jesus you are all sons of God uh, through faith. And so I, I want you to catch that because the word there, when you hear the word sons of God, you say, well, it means sons and daughters of God. It means children of God. And, yes, that is true. But I want you to think with me, what is a son of God? Like, why, would he, why didn't he just come out and say sons and daughters of God? Well, another part of the scripture says that we are the bride of Christ. So as, as males, we're the bride of Christ. That, what's he talking about? As women, you're a son of God. He's talking about position here. And one of the things that would happen in the, culturally when this, when this was written, when he says that you are all sons of God, there was a legal transmission from a father to a son. Uh, from, from what he did, from what his character was like, he wanted his son to have everything. And after he died, the son would get the inheritance from his father. So it would be, the, here's the father, and he gives to the son. Now, legally, in those days, you could not hand over to a, uh, to a daughter your inheritance. You could only hand over the inheritance to the son. It had to be a male. So when, God's, when this scripture is written, for in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith, he's saying, listen, not everybody is a child of God. Only those who have come to, come to faith to trust what Jesus did. The whole book is about the finished work of Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross, paid for a sin, and he came back to life again. So he says this. He says, listen, the, uh, not everybody who, who is, a, is just a human is a son of God. Oh, we're all made in the likeness and in the image of God, but only those who have faith in the finished work of Jesus are the sons of God. And, he's sitting, and this is important because he's going to talk here about an inheritance that you get. So he's saying whether you are male or female, you are in this relationship with God. You have this child-to-daddy child relationship with the Father. So that, that's real important, and it sends a, a big message because not only are you known as a child, but now you get the legal rights as the son. In that culture, they understood it, and they said, wow, we get everything that the Father has comes to me. Galatians 4, 4 continues on. But when the fullness of time has come, uh, God sent his son, born of a woman, under the law. When the fullness of time had come, some translations use this word, at just the right time. 
In other words, God had a plan ever since the Garden of Eden, and he had a plan, and his plan was to send his son to redeem you. Redeem every man, woman, every boy and girl, all these kids on the parking lot. Jesus died for you this morning. I want you to know that. Jesus loves you this morning. God is the creator of the universe. And, and, and I want the kids, as you're looking around, you see the trees, you see all this creation. Well, Jesus made all that. God made all that. And he did it for you. And he loves you. And, and that's why he came. When the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman. In other words, he was a human. He was born as a human under the law. In other words, he, had, he understood the, the Ten Commandments. He understood all the rules and regulations of religion. And he, he understood that, that when he came, he understood the experience that you will have and the experience that I will have, and he can relate to it because he is in complete understanding. And why did he do this? Look what he says. He continues to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. There it is, that key word, son. So he starts over here with son. And he says, we did this so that you might be the sons and daughters of God. Key word here. He did it to redeem you, to buy you back. Uh, because, verse 6, because you are sons of God, uh, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts and the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. Now, this is so powerful. He says he's come to redeem you. And uh, that, this is the same word that you would use whenever you're going to, in the slave market, they could buy back a slave. And so it's real important because he's saying, listen, I'm not just buying you to go work for me. I am redeeming you and I'm adopting you as my son. I've adopted you in because you are sons, that you might receive the adoption to sonship. In those days, if you, if, you had a, if you were a male and you wanted to hand your, your heir everything that you had off to your son, but you didn't have a son, you could take an employee. You could take a slave in those days, and you could adopt them, and they become your son. And so this was, as, as the Apostle Paul is saying this, the, the readers in Galatia, they're saying, oh, my goodness. Look what God did for me. I don't have to, God didn't save me just so that I'll be a slave. God didn't save me just so that I'll live a better life and do a bunch of rules and regulations. God saved me so that I could be his child and that I could get his character. So, because God sees something in me that he wants to pour into me. It's himself. And so when God looks at me, he sees the Savior. Because you are your sons, God sent his spirit. The Spirit of God lives inside of everyone who's trusted Jesus Christ. Folks, this isn't just something that you know in your head and you say, wow, this is the, this is the right thing. I know the right catechisms. I've, I've got the right doctrine in my mind. No, no, no. This is something that the Spirit of God moves in and takes residence in your life. And that, this, is, this is something that has changed. This isn't something that you wait to happen after you die. The day that you said, aha, Jesus is Lord. He died on the cross. He paid for my sin. And I'm going to trust him right now, once for all, forever. And you know what God does? He steps into your life right then. And he adopts you as sons. And as sons and daughters, you become a child of God. And he says, that spirit cries out, Abba, Father. You know, that's a very dear term. It's, it, it's, it, Abba means daddy. 
And so you and I, we get to call God as he is our father. We get to call him daddy. That is a powerful word. Many people don't think of God as daddy. You know, I'm looking out on the lot today. I see several daddies with their kids out here, right? I'm looking at one right down here, Kyle. His daddy sitting on the ground while his kids are just loving on him. It is a beautiful picture. Like, if I had a picture, I'd use it for Father's Day promo right there, okay? That, that's what you think of when you think of daddy. The kids are all over him, right? And it's a healthy relationship. Well, that's what Abba Father is. Abba, you get to call on God. Abba, I get to talk to him. He is my daddy. And so, sadly, many people never catch that. Many people live like they're not a child of God. They live like they're distant from God. Uh, so verse 7 says, so you are no longer a slave, all right? You are no longer a slave, but a son, a child of God. And since you are his, God, his child, God has made you his heir. God made you heir. So not only do you get to be the child of God, you are the heir to the throne, You are the heir. Now, that is so powerful. Think about that. Everything that God has belongs to you. Isn't that cool? Like God says, I have given, I have built heaven. I have built a place in heaven for you. That belongs to you. You're an inheritance of heaven. Uh, He says, I want to give you love, joy, and peace. We're going to talk about that in the next few weeks in Galatians. That's an inheritance he gives to you. Um, God has, has given us so many things, and he says, listen, I am blessing my children so that they may bless other people. What is the difference then between a slave and a son? You know, when, when you think about it, he says, you are no longer slaves, but, but you are now called sons. You are the sons and daughters of God. You are my children. You're, you're in a special relationship with God the Father. When you think about that this morning, I want to ask you this. What is the difference between a son and a slave? Well, first of all, the slave has a driver, okay? I remember hearing that term, a slave driver. I was cutting the grass yesterday like a good husband, right? And uh, my wife referred herself to me as a slave driver. And I want you to know she was absolutely correct in her depiction of herself yesterday, okay? She was letting me have it. She said, would you do the weed whacking? Would you do this? Would you do this? And I'm like, honey, I know I am one hunk of burning love, but I need some time. You know, like this is the first sunny day I've had yet in the middle of the pandemic nonetheless. And so she, she was a slave driver. Now, you can have this slave driver relationship. The, uh, the owner beats you and says, I want you to do this, and I'm only happy if you do that. What happens to the slave? The slave's not too happy. If his heart is not engaged, he's just kind of walking around, and he's depressed. He's down. He is not there. Did you ever go to a restaurant and, and meet somebody who was just a hired hand? They were just an employee. They were just for lack of a better word, a slave, right? Did you ever meet somebody like that? Like you go into the restaurant and the hostess, you know, I'll never forget I went into this restaurant one time. I think it was uh, Olive Garden. And uh, I could tell it was just a very kind person there. And, uh, and she was doing her job and they gave us our buzzer and we had a pretty nice sized group of people. And we waited and we waited and we waited and we'd go up and say, hey, you know, our buzzer hasn't rung. She goes, oh, we'll get to you. We'll get to you. We'll get to you. She was just a hired hand. She forgot about us. We had the buzzer, but they never entered it into their side. And so finally, like an hour later, we're, we're like waiting for this, you know, I mean, I don't know why we waited for an hour. It just, you know, 
spaghetti, you know. But we waited forever. And so what you saw was you saw the difference. You go into a mom-and-pop restaurant, and you see, see the girl whose daddy owns the store, and she's up there. She comes in. She says, hey, how can I help you today? And that's what happens. That's the difference between the employee and, and the child. And so God says, I don't want you to have an employee. I don't, want to, I don't want you to be the slave. A son has a relationship. A son has a father. And so the sons and daughters of God, you have a father in heaven. And he is not pushing you like a slave. And I, and I want you to really catch that because that changes everything. You know, Jesus himself was so relational. He cared about people. Everywhere he went, he was always interacting with people. He would touch lepers. You know, I, I'm thinking about this in the middle of our pandemic today. Like, Jesus, he wouldn't be afraid of too many things. He, he went out and he touched leprosy, the, the most contagious disease of his time. Why did he do that? Because he cared about people. Um, I saw, uh, you read in the scripture, he, he says, allow the children to come unto me. Let the children come to me. Why would all the kids come to him if he was that stoic picture that you always saw, you know? When I was a kid growing up, remember my grandmother had one of those pictures on her wall. It was like Jesus was like, you know, like really stoic looking and the long flowing hair and the robe and all that, right? And, and then you see he says, allow the children to come unto me. And I'm like, does he have candy under that robe or what? You know, how's that work, right? He, he, was, he was real. He was, he was connecting just like you do, dads and moms, like you care for your kids. Look what the scriptures say here in Romans 8:15. For the spirit you receive does not make you a slave. So then live, live in fear so that you do not live in fear again. Listen, God did not, a slave relationship to the boss is always, did I do good enough? Did I do good enough? Did I do good enough? The child says, man, dad, I'm sorry. You asked me to do this and I didn't get it done. Can I get it done tomorrow? You see the difference of the relationship? And so God has not called us to have this relationship of fear. We are not into a slave relationship with God. You are into the child relationship with God. He says, for the spirit you receive does not make you a slave so that you live in fear again, but rather the spirit you received brought you about your adoption to sonship. The Spirit of God didn't produce fear. He didn't make you a slave. He brought you to be the Son of God. He's brought you in and called you Son. And we cry, he continues on, and we cry, Abba, Father. We cry, Abba. We cry, Daddy. You can always tell what kind of relationship a person has by the term that you call them. That's a big indicator. He continues on, verse 16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, now think about this. Many people, you, you know, my kids, when I go home, they call me dad. They call me daddy. They don't, they don't call me reverend, you know. Could you imagine that if I went home? Hey, Rev, how's it going today, right? Uh, my kids don't do that. Uh, when, whenever you all don't call me reverend, right? Uh, you, you call me Pastor Ken. You call me Ken. You call me Kenny. Just don't call me late for dinner, all right? That's all I care. Listen, it's like Pastor Ken or, or Kenny. And why? Because we have a relationship. But whenever I go to places and, I, and maybe I have to open in prayer for something official, the, the man will go up to the podium and say, at this time, the Reverend Kenneth Barner Jr. from the Crossroad Ministry in Finleyville will now lead us in prayer. And I'm like, you know why he does that? Because he doesn't know me. 
He's very official. He's not in a term of endearment. I have one of my friends who calls me PK. Like on Facebook, he says, hey, PK, how you doing? Hey, PK, why? Because he has a friendship with me. So most of you call me by my name. Why? Because we have a friendship, and that's how that works. That's what God wants you to do with him. You're not his slave. You're his son. You're into sonship. Number two this morning, what's the difference between a slave and a son, okay? A slave is hired. He's an employee. Um, and and, and uh, for a son, he's an heir. Oh, man, an employee just gets the job done. And he doesn't really care. An employee is, uh, is, is worrying about all the, the negative and the bad from the boss. But an heir, he knows that there's more to the story. It's his work. And you know what? That's what I see around the church, folks. You are, the, the scriptures tell us in Romans eight seventeen. it says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, joint heirs with Jesus, co-heirs with Christ. We are, we are co-heirs. In other words, you have God the Father, and then there's God the Son. You trust Jesus Christ, and you become a son or daughter of God. And you are joint heirs with Jesus. And so what I watch around the church is that we are joint heirs. We work in this thing together. You know, as I think about the church throughout the years, I'm reminded of all the people that come up here and serve tirelessly. They give their time, their talent, and their treasure not because they have to, but because we are heirs. We, we care. We are in this together. This is our family. That's what happens. The family of God cares and, and works together. And, and so when you come up to the church, this, is, this, is, this isn't just their church. This is our church. This is your church. Why? Because you're an heir to God. So when you see something going on, you know, I, I watched today, man, as soon as we opened the doors, our parking lot crew was here today, man. Let's honk for those guys, man. They're awesome. I appreciate them, man. Yeah. Listen, man, I love these guys, Ed and, and, and Bob, man, these guys, and, and Dan, man, they got their yellow vest on. I didn't recognize Bob, man. Bob, he said he took a uh, social distance from the razor. I didn't recognize him. I was like, who'd they recruit to help over there? Here's Bob Collum, man. He looks good, man. And, uh, and, I, and I'll tell you what, I, 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 I want to encourage you because these guys, they went right into action. We said we're going to go serve food. We had 35 people come up here as serving food to the community. It, friends, let me tell you, today it is 70, going to be 80 degrees. On Monday we were handing out food. I think it was 4 degrees, okay? It was sleeting. It was, it was, it was about 30 degrees. It was ridiculous out here, and I didn't hear anybody complaining. These people were out serving, and they served long, and they served hard. Thank God for our church. Amen? We have a great church. We have a great God. And, and, and the reason that we do that is because we, have, we are the children of God, and we pitch in, and this is the family of God. It's not just something so I can call you, hey, Brother George, hey, Brother Bob. No, no, this is something because we are co-heirs with Jesus. And everything that belongs to God, he, we're, we're the heirs of it. So think of how powerful that is. And so, so some people said, well, what, what difference does it make then? You know, what, what's, what, is our, our, what are we supposed to do? Should we just take grace? You know, God's given us all the grace. He died on the cross for us unconditionally. What should we do about that? Uh, well, the Scripture says that, that as children, we still work. It doesn't mean that we work to gain favor. You see, in my house, I have two daughters, and they've never worked to gain my favor. I love my daughters 
I wish they would work a little bit more sometimes, right? I wish they would uh, do some different chores as they were growing up. But I'll tell you what, my love never once was went dropped. I never lost any love because my kid didn't cut the grass, because they didn't clean up the spaghetti after dinner, because of anything. It was all, these are my children. And I can't, you, there's a bond there that you cannot destroy from me because they are mine. So what, what is our calling with God? We are the children of God. Over in Philippians chapter 2, the apostle said this. He said, work hard to show the results of your salvation. So, so God's given us responsibility in the kingdom of God. He says, work hard. Another translation says it like this, work out your salvation. It's like going to the gym and working out, you know, lifting the weights. And so as you go out and you do that, you're working it out, and, and other people see you. And so what I've watched through this pandemic is the people of God have stepped up and they have been working out for God. And they, they are doing what God has called them to do. They, they, uh, uh, he continues, says, work hard to show the results of your salvation and, uh, and obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Folks, God is going to give you the desire. He's not only going to tell you what to do. He's going to give you the desire, and he's going to give you the power to do it. The slave, folks, works by obligation. And sometimes if you're just a hired hand, you just work out of obligation. It's just duty. I have to do this. But a child, a son who's connected to the father, works out of devotion. And that's what God's called us to do. Over in the book of Luke, there was a story of a, of a, a, a in Luke chapter 10, Jesus and his disciples, they were traveling, and, and, and he shows the difference between two women, Mary and Martha. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, Luke 10, 38, he came to a village where a woman named Martha had opened, opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, uh, we don't, uh, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to stop. Tell her to help me. And so here, here it is. Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus. She's in relationship mode. And Martha's in, I've got to get this done. I've got to get this done. Uh, is everything straightened out? And she's making sure the house is ready. After all, she is making dinner for God, right? She wants to have this absolutely perfect. And Jesus comes and says, look what he says in verse 41. He says, Martha, Martha, the Lord has answered. He says, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen the better. Mary has chosen relationship. And so he was trying to encourage Martha, come and live as a child of God. Live in relationship. So how do we do that today? As we, as we wrap up today, I want to give you a few thoughts here. Galatians 4.8 says this, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who, uh, who by nature are not gods. Before you came to God, you were slave to everything that the world has to offer. Uh, you were a slave to pleasure. You're a slave to uh, your career. You're a slave to uh, success. You're a slave to power and money. You can become a slave to all those things. He says, before you came to God, you were slaves to those. And then the next verse, he says this, verse 9. But now that you know God, 
or rather that you are known by God, why, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? Folks, this is how we live as a child of God. Number one, I want to give you this. Throw this down in your, in your thoughts here today. Remember that God is your father. God is your father. You get to call out and you get to say, Abba, Father, Daddy. Oh, that is so awesome. You know, as, as we've been going through this time, every night when I lay down, I get to say, Daddy, you got it all in control. You remember as we started this pandemic, I gave you a little statement. So they ask you what's going to happen. You say, I don't know, but I know who knows. And folks, you know, who knows? It's your daddy. You are connected to the God of the universe who knows exactly what's going to happen. He knows what's going to happen globally. He knows what's going to happen uh, nationally. And he knows what's going to happen regionally. And he knows what's going to happen in your life. That's the kind of God that we love. Uh, Secondly, come to God through relationship, not rules. If you're looking to please God through rules, it doesn't work. He says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And, uh, and then thirdly this morning, give him your whole heart. Just give your whole heart to God. Don't, don't have any reservation. Just come to him. Jeremiah 29:13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Folks, I think right now that, that what we need more than ever is a relationship with God. Amen? Like, like there's nothing else. Amen? There's nothing else that's going to change your life. If you get another stimulus check, it's not going to change your life, folks. What is going to change your life is to understand your position and to be the son and the daughter of God. As we close today, I'm going to invite you just to bow your heads and close your eyes where you're at. And, and just would you take a moment and just reflect with me today? Are you living like a son and a daughter of God? Or are you living more like a slave? Are you living out of fear? Or are you living more like, man, I, I'm a child of God and, and I want to do things for God? If you haven't opened your heart to Jesus, I want to encourage you today to start there. Whether you're here in the parking lot or you're watching online, I want to encourage you, open your heart to Jesus and invite him in. Just call on him and say something like this. Dear God, I need you. You died on the cross and you paid for my sin. You came back to life again for me. And I invite you into my heart right here, right now. If that's you, I want to encourage you today. Go, 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 go to our website Fill out that online connection card and hit on there that I trusted Jesus today. We want to celebrate that with you. And for others in the middle of a pandemic, you might have been, uh, you might have just come along and you thought, wow, man, I am overwhelmed. I just feel like I can't do anything right. I want to encourage you today. Let your hair down. Relax. You're a child of God. You are the child of the Most High. Revel in His love. Father God, be with each person as they have heard your word today. God, we thank you. We celebrate. We worship you, God. We are so thankful to be here up on this parking lot sharing the word of God online, sharing the word of God. Lord, you've been so good to us. We honor you and we bless your name. Be with all those decisions that have been made. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Let's uh, let's sing real quick. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me.
his face Cause words They don't do your power much justice It's too great Too great to be bound By little letters we make up And it's funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory 